Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Tonight is our 60th show. Very exciting. 60, I love numbers, round numbers. I love all numbers, really. Like 54. That's, you know, it's not quite 55. It's not 50. They're both very cool numbers. 54 is kind of nice. And then 53, well, that's the year someone I know was born. And some of those other years were pretty good years, Ike years. But 60, it's cool. Now, like a lot of their shows on TV and radio, right up until the last minute, sometimes things change. And so tonight's show is going to be a little low-key, just about some current events. And then there's war. And every time I watch this coverage, like, for instance, uh, I don't know how many of you have seen General Barry McCaffrey. He's a four-star general and a NATO guy. And a lot of guys are, you know, NATO chief supreme commanders and stuff, but he's a serious general. And I just like the way he talks about target acquisition and all the, the military terms. And here we are. We're going against Iran. They shot down one of our drones. And this is not a uh, Radio Shack drone. This is a multi-million dollar piece of flying hardware. Now, can you imagine this drone? It's kind of stealthy. It must be quiet. But it's pretty big and hard to have out of sight. And some of this weaponry, you know, reads all the other signatures. You don't have to see it. So it's probably pretty easy to get shot down. But what's on it has got to be some fantastic surveillance equipment. And now the issue is, where was it shot down? Over international waters or in Iranian territorial waters, whatever those limits are, 12 miles, some points in the U.S., but perhaps they have a different set there. And... That's the same thing with the Chinese building those artificial islands, and then they can claim the water miles around, and it would just drastically change the whole shipping sea lane route, you know, cause disruptions to normalcy. I guess that's what change is. But this war stuff, it turns out, and this is the scary part, well, I don't know if it's scary, excuse me, because... I sidebar. Once I was happy with Donald Trump, and it was the time that we launched the cruise missiles at Syria after they 
used chemical weapons again after being warned. So I thought that was pretty good, especially the way it was done. And, you know, Donald Trump had nothing to do with the planning or target acquisition or any of that kind of stuff. He may have been briefed on it and nodded. But we have serious people who do this work. And that always makes me feel good about America. They uphold America, our military. And I guess it, from the coverage I've been able to see, it's pretty much the Joint Chiefs of Staff that came and talked him out of executing this strike. It was planned. They were going to do it. They were authorized. Planes were in the air to carry out this multifaceted attack to punish Iran. And after the Joint Chiefs' intervention, this is the speculation. They talked him out of it. You can always do it tomorrow. But, you know, it's, it's just so sad because we're at war again. I was in a bathroom the other day at an event. There's a young man in there, and by young, I say younger than me, but a grown man. And with children, our conversation took us to that he was concerned with, with the future. And, you know, we were talking about Iran. And generally, people understand that follow the news that this is flaring up to being a potential conflict. So it's, it's concerning because I have two boys that are draft age, and if there was a war, that's what Vietnam was about. So many people, you know, he had a number I forget what they call that, but if you had a really high number, you probably didn't have to worry that much. But if you had a low number, you pretty much count on going to Vietnam. And it's hard to remember back to being 18 and 19 years old, but I can a little bit. And it would be very difficult for anybody just starting their life, probably thinking of going to college or getting a job after high school, to all of a sudden have to be drafted and go fight in Vietnam. At least if you join the Army willingly, there's not the... Uh, it's different. I can't really explain it, but... I know in the chow line, they'd call out what you were, and an RA was a regular enlisted, and the draftees were something else, and so they were identified, and this went with you. And I guess they didn't want anybody to forget. But... That's a real possibility. So that is very concerning that all of a sudden there was some crazy war that no one wanted. They could call up young men who didn't actually want to go off to a war. I remember a Civil War movie 
scene from a movie, and I'm sorry, I don't even remember the name, but they were going to get a war. So it's like the local tavern, and when the news came out, everybody started hooping and hollering because they were going to fight the North. It was the South. And, of course, in the end, the irony is shown that that didn't work out, and that never really works out. There should be some enthusiasm to defend your country, but isn't that fascinating? I was having a discussion with someone earlier about roles and mental maturity, and so everyone's heard that young men are less afraid of risk. So it makes sense that you would send them to fight a war because for some reason they don't mind the glory and the... Everybody loves that. But the point of this conversation was that the mind, male and female, doesn't mature biologically until people, women like 26 and men 28 and of course, there's always fluctuation there in experience and many other factors, but we're a very slow maturing species. And nobody wants a war. So it was very, very good to hear that right as it might have occurred leading to untold horrors that did not need to happen. Somebody stepped up and halted a really stupid thing. God bless America. Holding Matters. I'm David Paul. It's been an interesting week. There was some homeless movement activity on the commissions. The county commission that I sit in on had their charter, you will remember, uh, finished, and now they're electing officers and they're re-electing, so they need a new chair, vice chair, and secretary. And it's a consideration, but, you know, here we go. This county that is behind it, and I still do not have a total understanding of how all the finances work, but I know that in my SPA 1 committee, or 
It's the commission with a subcommittee on, it used to be diversion, and now it's called problem solving. So in all these different spas, they have their own version of what spa one does, the thing I sit in on called the County Homeless Coalition. And they perform certain tasks and they're directed by who I don't know yet, somewhere in Lhasa in the county and all the, you know, it's the mystery place where the decisions are made. So here we go. And we're at this thing all geared up to have our new problem solving subcommittee get to work under the new charter and all the stuff. And I go to the next meeting the next day at City Hall. Well, actually, I watched this part on TV because I wasn't there at the time. I should have been. But here you got a guy who's got the job along with all the other jobs as the new problem-solving dumper. And the plan is to put out a certain amount of money and drop it into, you know, high-density problem areas or it's, it's just a, it's a shot in the dark and they need resources. Yeah. And pump the zone full of money. Okay. That will help for a while. And Here's the thing. I I told you about our homeless count going down, showing success, meaning that our spa service provider area will get less money because it's based on how many homeless people you have. And here's the real kicker. What the heck does that matter? Because I have asked, people on my commission have asked, and in this meeting, the city representative, the city commission, homeless commission, Lhasa came to, to present that I had to watch on TV. They asked them for a breakdown by spa of these monies. So we need to see both. How much less we get because we've done a better job. And how much is actually going to each spa and how it's measured against results. They put up these graphics of all these people housed and they've changed the names and the definition, supportive permanent housing. What what does that mean? It's not like nobody turns a key over to them for their condo. But they don't want to come up with those numbers and they're always working on a new plan. And listeners of the show have heard me before talk about Department of Corrections and all the city and county and state governments and where they promise to change things. And well, you know, I got to take city out of there because our city has a responsibility to balance its budget. And the county and the state, they don't have that responsibility and they can raise taxes the city can raise taxes but that's very counterproductive to local people earning re-election so 
Yeah. So where is the money going? How is it being spent? And and no, so but here's my predicament. So we have this diversion now problem solving subcommittee ready to go, and we're still working off this sheet of silly questions that some other consultant put together to work for through the diversion, and it never made sense for that. Now with problem solving, I mean, I can solve the problem. These requests are the problem. So let's figure out if I'm going to know where money is to help somebody quickly, and that's part of this free job everyone on this commission does, donating their time and effort and mental expertise. And there's just no, it, it doesn't mean anything. I, I saw a guy, I told you, the guy from Compton who went against the legal weed stuff. James Hayes was his name, and I saw a piece in the news about, he talks about the illusion of inclusion when you get down to the business end of the weed business and all the other things the state claims will happen. And that reminds me so much of all the stuff at the county coalition on homelessness. They keep changing it up, and it's very frustrating. They keep changing the rules on all the public servants that are working there for free and won't even really tell them what's going on. That's what's disheartening. So when in reality they invest no money in the organization, they don't keep the people that they expect to work for free, you know, it's they're placating them, I guess, letting them feel like they're doing something, but they're really not. Because if there's going to be problem solving that means anything that I can actually affect in some way, and they have big piles of money that they just tell you, this is our new big fix, without bothering to inform all the participants in the program, these people, the lady from Lhasa and I didn't see this uh, problem solver guy yesterday. They kind of tucked him away or he didn't make it or whatever the heck that glitch was. But they still had us on with the problem solving, never telling us. The very next day they'd reveal in Lancaster that all this money was going to be put into mass chunks. And then it's just a feeding frenzy and people stop paying attention to what the heck just happened? Because anybody that's in charge says, put your head down and go get the money. So they start fighting and competing and filing for grants. And nobody really has time or not in their best interest to stand up and say, hey, what the heck? Do you realize what's going on here? That's what problem solving is. Identify the problem. And the problem is their attempt to deny people trying to fix it access to the information required. You know, follow the money. It's just a follow the money situation in most cases, really. And they deliberately obscure it. So, yeah, we're going to get to that problem. 
I'll do my best. That's what you have to do. And so to close out tonight, I can say that 24 hours has passed and the world still exists and there's no shooting war with Iran. And pretty much everybody is kind of agreeing that we shouldn't, you know, rush to any action and that these are serious matters. And as more people in the world weigh in, the obvious and apparent truth that a wider war, Hezbollah now against Israel, it, it's uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, everybody, it's just, the world cannot go up in war, and we don't want that. It's in no one's best interest. And I guess, in a way, it's the same thing as prayer. I hope everyone that loves America will put out on the mental sphere that we don't want war. We want fairness and we want a world moving towards saving itself from itself. And that's going to take a while. And the United States of America must continue to be a leader in the world that is a better world. We must be an example and we must enjoy the participation that is going to help keep the world upheld along with this great country. Good night.